ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله so continuing with بلوغ المرام in the chapter of fasting we're now in the second section باب صوم التطوع وما نهي عن صومه the chapter concerning the supererogatory fasts the non-obligatory fasts and concerning those types of fasts that are prohibited so before this stage we had been speaking about the obligatory fasts and the rulings and the regulations about the obligatory fasts and many of those are applicable here too but there are additional uh, issues to understand when it comes to the supererogatory fasts, the optional fasts, and also with regards to certain types of fasting which is not allowed. So that's what this chapter will speak about and the ahadith which are mentioned within it. So, Sheikh Salih al Fawzan, Hafidahullah Ta'ala, he mentions at the beginning of this chapter as a small introduction. He says, Now that the author, Al Hafidh ibn Hajar, has finished the section on the obligatory fasts, the fasting of Ramadan, and all those others that are obligatory like vowing, etc. Then after that he has moved on to these optional fasts. Because an individual is in need of these optional acts of worship also. An individual needs to do these optional acts of worship, these supererogatory acts of worship. A person shouldn't just think to himself, I'm going to do the obligatory ones, the fard, the wajib, and everything else, I'm not going to bother with it. Rather, a person should give importance to trying to do some of these supererogatory acts of worship also, because, as it's mentioned in some narrations, these optional acts of worship, they fill the gaps in your obligatory acts of worship. Meaning, if you had any deficiency in your obligatory acts of worship, then those deficiencies, those cracks, can be filled up from your optional acts of worship. So that's what the Sheikh mentions. If an individual had some deficiency, some weakness in his obligatory fasting, some issue within it, some deficiency within it, then the fact that he goes and fasts optional fasts, then that reward, that act will then fill the gaps that were present within his obligatory fasting. And that's why it's important that a person concentrates on these optional acts of worship because they they are something which help to support the obligatory acts of worship. So the first hadith that is mentioned by Al-Hafidh in this chapter is the hadith of Abu Qatada Al-Ansari radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam su'ila an sawmi yawmi arafa qal yukaffiru sanat al-madiyah wal-baqiyah وسئل عن صيام يوم عاشوراء قال يكفر السنة الماضية وسئل عن صوم يوم الاثنين فقال ذاك يوم ولدت فيه وبعثت فيه أو أنزل علي فيه رواه مسلم In this hadith of Abu Qatada he says that the Prophet ﷺ was asked about fasting on the day of Arafah the Prophet ﷺ was asked about fasting on the day of Arafah. 
So the Prophet ﷺ replied by saying that fasting on the day of Arafah, it expiates the sins of your last year and of your coming year. It expiates the sins of the previous year and the next year. Then he was asked about fasting on the day of Ashura. I will explain all these as we go into the explanation. But the day of Ashura, the Prophet ﷺ said, it expiates the previous year's sins only. And then he was asked about fasting on Mondays. And so the Prophet ﷺ said, that is the day that I was born in. And that is the day that I was made a prophet or the day that the revelation came to me. And that hadith is in Sahih Muslim. So the first part of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is asked about fasting on the day of Arafah. The day of Arafah is the ninth day of Dhul Hijjah. The ninth day of Dhul Hijjah. And it is the day when the Muslims, they stand on that area, that place which is known as Arafah. In Hajj, when they are making the Hajj, then typically on the eighth day you will be in Mina, and then on the ninth day the Muslims they go to stand in Arafah. So that ninth day is known as the day of Arafah because the Muslims they go and stand at Arafah for that day up until sunset. And that's why one hadith it's mentioned Al Hajju Arafah that Hajj it is Arafah. That doesn't mean that a person can just go and do Arafah and say, that's it, I'm not going to do anything else, just Arafah and that's my Hajj finished. The meaning of this, Al-Hajju Arafah, is that Arafah is the key aspect of Hajj, one of the most virtuous parts of Hajj. So it indicates the virtues of that day, to say that Hajj, it is Arafah. That shows you the importance and the virtue of Arafah. Meaning that it is the greatest pillar of Hajj. So that is the day of Arafah. So the Prophet ﷺ was asked about fasting on that day. He said that a person fasts on that day, it will remove his sins from the last year, from the previous year, and also it will remove the sins of the future year coming. As for, so that means two years. Two years of sins are going to be expiated from that individual. As for the previous year of your sins being forgiven, then that's okay, that's clear to understand. In the previous year, whatever sins you had made, then as a consequence of fasting the day of Arafah, those sins are forgotten, or those sins are expiated and forgiven. But what about the next year coming? How does the hadith say, or what does it mean, when it says that your sins for the next year coming are going to be forgiven also? The scholars have mentioned that the meaning of it is, the last year, the previous year, there's no problem. Whatever sins you committed, they'll be forgiven. The future year coming means that even if you do end up committing sins in the future year coming, then you will be given enlightenment. You will be given enlightenment in your heart to be able to repent from those sins and to seek forgiveness for those sins. So even if you do commit sins, then your heart will be enlightened by Allah. You will be given the tawfiq to be able to repent from those sins. Because many people, they commit sins and they don't repent from them. So this is the meaning the scholars have mentioned that the future year coming, you may well still commit sins. But if you do, then the meaning of this hadith is you will have tawfiq from Allah. You will be given this enlightenment 
to be able to seek forgiveness for those sins and therefore be forgiven for them. Also there's an issue, when this hadith says now that the last year of sins will be forgiven and the next year of sins will be forgiven, what types of sins? All of them? Minor and major? Or is it just the minor and not the major? Or is it just the major and not the minor? Three combinations. It could be all of your sins that are forgiven in the past year and the next year, minor and major. Or it could be just the minor, not the major. Or it could be just the major, not the minor. So which one is correct? What does this hadith mean that the one who fasts on the day of Arafah, the sins of the last year and the next year are forgiven? Only the minor sins, not the major sins. The meaning of this hadith is the minor sins. And there's no doubt that sins can be categorized into these two types of categories, minor and major. In the Qur'an, we have the evidence for it. In تَجْتَنِبُ كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرَ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa, if you stay away from the major sins that you've been prohibited from, نُكَفِّرَ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ Then we will expiate your evil deeds. Allah says, if you stay away from the major sins, we'll get rid of your evil deeds. Which evil deeds? The minor sins. They're two different things. Stay away from the major sins, and your minor sins will be forgiven. So there's two separate things being talked about here. Two separate things being mentioned. The major sins are being mentioned, and then the sayyat afterwards are being mentioned. Two separate things. So we indicates here, it indicates that there are major sins and there are minor sins. So these types of narrations that you find in the sunnah, they refer to minor sins being forgiven. Like this hadith. This hadith refers to your minor sins being forgiven. There are other narrations. For example, As-salawatu al-khams wal-jum'ah ila al-jum'ah wa Ramadan ila Ramadan kaffara lima baynahunna idha jtunibat al-kabair. Akhrajahu Muslim. Min hadith Abi Huraira. That... The five prayers and the Jumu'ah to the Jumu'ah and the Ramadan to Ramadan, they are all things which expiate your sins as long as you stay away from the major sins. Major sins do not come into these narrations. For a major sin to be expiated, then you must make the repentance. You must seek the repentance, the tawbah, the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the minor sins, then they can be forgiven by the likes of these acts. So in this hadith, the shaykh says, فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ التَّكْفِيرِ يَكُونُ لِلسَّغَائِرِ indicates that the expiation is for the minor sins. لِلذُّنُوبَ السَّغَائِرِ هَذَا يَوْمُ عَرَفَ وَلَكِنْ إِنَّمَا يُسْتَحَبُّ صَوْمُ يَوْمُ عَرَفَ صَوْمُ يَوْمِ عَرَفَ لِغَيْرِ وَاقِفٍ بِهَا أَمَّا الْوَاقِفُ بِعَرَفَ فَإِنَّهُ يُفْضِرْ فِي ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ اقْتِدَاءً also there's another point to be mentioned. The fasting of the day of Arafah, it forgives, it forgives you your sins for the previous year and for the sins of the future year, i.e. that you are enlightened to seek forgiveness for them if they occur. Then on top of that we mentioned that this was forgiveness from the minor sins. Then there's another issue. The people who are in Hajj, should they fast the day of Arafah or is this only for people who are outside of Hajj? Only outside of Hajj. 
This hadith about fasting on the day of Arafah and that it expiates your sins is referring to the people who are not actually in Hajj. They are not actually on Arafah that day. People who are outside of Hajj, they're not doing Hajj. As for the people who are doing Hajj, then they should not be fasting on the day of Arafah. They should not be fasting. They should implement the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, follow in the footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ and not fast. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not used to fast. He did not fast on the day of Arafah. When he made Hajj, he did not fast on the day of Arafah. وَلَمَّا أَشْكَلَ عَلَى الصَّحَابَ هَلْ هُوَ مُفْتِرٌ أَمْصَائِمٌ And it was confusing to the companions on that day of Arafah. They wanted to know, is the Prophet ﷺ fasting today or not? جاءت أم الفضل رضي الله عنهما فناولته قدحا من لبن لتكتشف هل هو صائم أو لا فأخذه عليه الصلاة والسلام وشرب. Then أم الفضل came to the Prophet ﷺ رضي الله عنها and she gave him like a bowl or a, or a bucket type of utensil full of milk on the day of Arafah and the Prophet ﷺ drank from it. He drank it. So that showed to everyone on the day of Arafah that he was not fasting. So that is what a person who is doing Hajj should do. When he's on the day of Arafah, he is in Arafah, then he should not be fasting. Rather, this hadith is for those who are not making Hajj. They are not making Hajj, they are outside of that. And there are wisdoms mentioned behind that, the Shaykh says, لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يَتَقَوَّى عَلَى الْوَقُوفِ وَالدُّعَاءِ وَالْإِشْتِهَادِ فِي هَذَا الْيَوْمِ وَإِنَّمَا صِيَامُ يَوْمِ عَرَفَ لِغَيْرِ الْوَاقِفِينَ بِهَا So as for the people who are there, they need to have strength and energy to be able to stand on that day in Arafah, to stay in Arafah, and to be able to make dua, etc. They need energy, so it's not befitting for them to fast on that day, but rather this is for people who are not in that hajj. وَسُئِلَ عَنْ صِيَامِ يَوْمِ عَشُورَ And the Prophet ﷺ was also asked about fasting on the day of Ashura. The day of Ashura is the tenth day of the month of Muharram. وَهُوَ الْيَوْمَ الَّذِي نَجَّ اللَّهُ فِيهِ مُوسَى وَقَوْمَهُ And that is the day, the tenth of Muharram, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa alayhi salam and his people from Fir'aun. وَاسْتَمَرَّ صِيَامُهُ بَعْدَ مُوسَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ وَكَانَتِ الْيَهُودُ تَسُومُهُ and so the fasting of that day was something which continued after the time of Musa alayhi salam. The day when he was saved from Fir'aun. Even the Jews, they used to fast it. Even the Jews used to fast the 10th of Muharram. To remember that day when Musa alayhi salam was saved from Fir'aun and his people. وَكَانَ الْعَرَبُ يَسُومُونَ And the Arabs, they used to fast that day. حَتَّى قِيلْ إِنَّ صَوْمَهُ كَانَ فَرْضًا فِي أَوَّلِ الْإِسْلَامِ To the extent the Shaykh says, it is mentioned, it is mentioned that originally in the early days of Islam, it actually used to be obligatory to fast the day of Ashura. ثُمَّ لَمَّا فَرَضَ اللَّهُ سِيَامَ رَمَضَانِ نُسِخَ الْفَرِيضَةِ فِي عَشُورَ Then when Ramadan became obligatory upon the Muslims, the day of Ashura was abrogated and it was no longer obligatory. It was a sunnah act after that. وَالْمُنَاسَبَ فِي سَوْمِ هَذَا الْيَوْمِ الشُّكْرَ عَلَى النِّعْمَةِ And the purpose of fasting on that day, what's the, the reasoning, why is it suitable and appropriate to fast on the day of Ashura, the day 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa alayhi salam, his messenger, from Fir'aun the tyrant, in order to remember the blessing of Allah upon the believing slaves, to remember the blessing of Allah upon Musa alayhi salam and the blessings of Allah upon us. لِأَنَّ انْتِصَارَ مُوسَى عَلَيْهِ سَلَامٍ انْتِصَارٌ لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ وَمَكَانٍ Because the victory for Musa alayhi salam on that day, it was a victory for Islam and a victory for Tawheed and a victory for all of the Muslims everywhere and in every place, in every time and every place. وَالْمُسْلِمُونَ يَسُومُونَهُ شُكْرًا لِلَّهِ عَلَى هَذِي النِّعْمَةِ So the Muslims, they fast that day to thank Allah and to show their gratitude to Allah for His blessing and His mercy for that day. And the Prophet ﷺ used to fast it. He used to fast the 10th of Muharram. However, he said, in a hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, لَإِنْ بَقِيتُ إِلَىٰ قَابِلْ لَأَصُومَنَّ التَّاسِعَ وَرُوِيَ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسَ أَنَّهُ قَالْ سُومُ التَّاسِعَ وَالْعَاشَرَ وَخَالِفُ الْيَهُودِ The Prophet ﷺ said, that if I am still alive next year, if I am still alive next year, I will fast the 10th as the day, but also I will fast the 9th. I will fast the 9th with the 10th. I will fast the 9th. I will also fast the 9th. Why fast the 9th as well as the 10th? The 10th is the day when Musa was saved. Why fast the 9th with it? The hadith of Ibn Abbas explains it. He says, fast the 9th and the 10th in order to oppose the Jews. Because the Jews were fasting it too. They were fasting the 10th day of Ashura. They were fasting the 10th day of Muharram, the day of Ashura. They were doing it too. So the Prophet said, if I'm alive next year, I'm going to fast the 9th as well. I'm going to fast the 9th. I.e. in order to fast the 9th and the 10th, then you are opposing the Jews who only fast the 10th. So this is what's mentioned that a person should do, that he should fast the 9th and the 10th. فَأَمَرَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمُخَالَفَتِهِمْ فِي سُورَةِ الْعِبَادَةِ And so the Prophet ﷺ commanded that the people should oppose the Jews in their appearance of worship. So their appearance of worship is different. They only do the 10th, we do the 9th and the 10th. وَصِيَامُهُ مُسْتَحَبْ And it is something which is a sunnah, it is recommended to fast that day. وَيُكَفِّرُ سَنَةَ الْمَاضِيَةِ And the reward for that is that it expiates and removes the sins of the previous year. I.e. this minor sins, like we already said, this is about the minor sins. So it expiates the minor sins from the previous year. Therefore, which of the two is better? The fasting of the day of Ashura or the fasting of the day of Arafah? Which has more virtue? Arafah, because Arafah expiates two years of sins, the past year and the future year. Whereas Ashura, it only expiates one year, which is the previous year. وَقَدْ أَحْدَثَتِ الرَّافِضَةُ بِدْعَةً شَنِيعًا بَدَلْ أَنْ يَسُومُ هَذَا الْيَوْمِ كَمَا صَامَهُ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَصَامَهُ الْمُسْلِمُونَ أَحْدَثُوا فِيهِ الْمَأْتَمْ وَالْجَزْعَ وَالنِّيَاحَةُ وَأُمُورِ الْجَاهِلِيَّةُ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ The Shaykh says, the Rafidah, they have invented a disgraceful, evil type of innovation on this day, on the day of Ashura, the 10th day of Muharram. Instead of fasting it like the prophets and the messengers, they used to fast this day, as the Muslims, they fast this day, as the Prophet Muhammad fasted this day, to remember the 
blessing of Allah upon Musa alayhi salam and the victory for Islam. To thank Allah for that. Instead of doing all of that, what do the Rafidah do on this day? They have made it a day of mourning. They have made it a day of sadness and grieving and mourning and beating themselves and all these types of things that they do. They've made it into this evil innovation. None of the Prophets did that. None of the Muslims have done that. The Prophet ﷺ didn't do that. He made it a day of thanking Allah and showing your gratitude to Allah. Therefore fasting on that day and also the ninth before it to oppose the Jews. That is what is mentioned concerning this day of uh, Ashura. Then, or we can mention one more point, which is some people they say that yes, you have to oppose the Jews so fast the ninth and the tenth, as we mentioned here. But some people they say you can do the tenth and the eleventh too. Do the tenth and the eleventh if you want. If you miss the ninth, then do the tenth and the eleventh. So you've opposed the Jews. And there are some narrations about it. And some of the scholars they mentioned it, Ibn Qayyim, etc. But many of the scholars have said that the narration that says do the tenth and the eleventh is weak. Many scholars they say that the narration for the tenth and the eleventh is weak. Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabri, Hafizullah, for example. So their advice is that when it comes to Ashura, you should do the 9th and the 10th. 9th and 10th, not 10th and 11th. This is what many of the scholars they say, and it's an issue which uh, scholars have spoken about, and there are evidences, etc. But what appears to be the strongest is that you do the 9th and the 10th. Then the last part of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ was asked about fasting on Mondays. Monday every week. So he said, وسلم, that is the day that I was born in, on a Monday. And that is the day that I was given the prophethood, on a Monday. Or that is the day that the revelation was given to me. I.e. it was a Monday. So this indicates the virtue of the day of Monday. Indicates that Monday is a virtuous day. And indicates that it is recommended to fast on that day, on a Monday of every week. Because three important affairs occurred within that day. You have the birth of the Prophet ﷺ on a Monday. You also have the fact that he was sent as a Prophet on a Monday. And you also have the fact that the Qur'an began the revelation on a Monday. So for all of these affairs, it indicates the virtue of that day, so a person should fast. However, just because the Prophet ﷺ said that he was born on a Monday, and that that is one of the virtues of that day, and it's recommended to fast it, as well as the fact that the Qur'an was revealed on that day, and the Prophet was made a Prophet on that day. Some of the people, the innovators, have come about with an evil innovation based upon these types of narrations. وَأَحْدَثَ فِيهِ الْخُرَافِيُّونَ بِدْعَةً إِحْيَاءِ الْمَوْلِدِ some of them, they reinvented or gave life to this bid'ah, this innovation of celebrating the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ and they used this hadith. They say, look, the Prophet said I was born on that day. So this indicates the virtue of that day and the Prophet, he fasted on that day. He fasted on the day he was born and it's recommended to fast on that day. And they say, the reason why is to 
celebrate the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ. He was born on a Monday, so we are celebrating that Monday. That he was born on that day, that's why you should fast. That's what they say. Even يَعْمَلُ munasabat or يَعْمَلُ munasabat مَوْلِدِهِ احْتِفَالًا So they make a celebration of Monday. نَقُولْ لَهُمْ We say to them, this is a bid'ah. هَذَا بِدْعَةٌ الرَّسُولُ لَمْ يَعْمَلِ الْاحْتِفَالُ وَإِنَّمَا عَمَلَ السِّيَامُ The Prophet ﷺ on a Monday did not used to hold celebrations. He didn't used to hold celebrations on a Monday. Rather, he used to fast. فَإِحْدَاثُ شَيْءٍ لَمْ يَفْعَلْهُ رَسُولُ سَلَّمْ بِدْعَ شَنِيعًا So whoever does something that the Prophet ﷺ did not used to do, then it is an evil innovation. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ الرَّدِّ Hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih muslim the Hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, whoever innovates into our affair, something which is not from it, then it will be rejected upon him, thrown back to him. So this is something which should not be done. The hadith is not a proof that you begin to celebrate that day and celebrate the birthday. Rather, it's one of the things that is mentioned, that he was born on that day, and the revelation came on that day, and the prophethood came on that day, and so for these types of virtues, you fast that day. Fast. Not to celebrate it, and to make it into a, a, the birthday's prophet, a, a prophet's birthday, as they do. فَكَمَا أَنَّ الشِّيعَ أَحْدَثَتْ فِي يَوْمِ عَشُورَ شَيْئًا لَمْ يَشْرَعْهُ اللَّهِ وَلَا رَسُولُ كَذَلِكَ هَؤُلَاءِ يَحْدَثُ فِي يَوْمِ وَلَادَتِهِ سَأَسَلَّ so just like the Shia, they invented some innovation on the day of Ashura, then these innovators have invented something on the day of Monday by claiming it's the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ, so you should celebrate. And all of them are innovators, the Shaykh says. So in summary, this hadith, it shows you the virtues of fasting those days, optionally, as a sunnah act, nafal. The day of Arafah, if you want to, it's good, you get the virtue, forgiveness of the year before, for the year after. The day of Arafah, and also the ninth, to oppose the Jews, forgives for the year before it. And also the Monday, because of the great virtues of that, and because it is recommended in the Sunnah to do so. That is the virtues of fasting those days. Then after that, we have another type of optional fasting. وعن أبي أيوب الأنصاري رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من صام رمضان ثم أتبعه ستا من شوال كان كصيام الدهر رواه مسلم whoever fasts Ramadan completes the fasting of Ramadan then he follows that up with six days from شوال the month which comes straight after Ramadan after Eid he follows it up with six days from that month, then it is as if he has fasted the whole of the year. It is as if he has fasted the whole of the year. So this is another type of optional fasting, and that is to fast six days in the month of Shawwal, which is straight after Ramadan. So this indicates the virtue of fasting those six days for the one who has completed the month of Ramadan. And that's what the scholars, they say. That if you still have days to make up from Ramadan, you still have certain days that you need to make up from Ramadan, make them up first. Make them up first, then do the six days of Shawwal. If you have five days, for example, to make up from Ramadan, after Eid, make up the five days first, 
then you still have plenty of time left from Shawwal to do the six days of Shawwal. That's how you should do it. Make up Ramadan first because the hadith says, Man Sama Ramadan, whoever fasts Ramadan, then follows it up with six days. If you still got days to make up, then you haven't yet fasted the month of Ramadan. You haven't finished it yet. You need to finish it and make up the days that are left, then do the six days of Shawwal, and that is how it should be done. What does it mean that the person who fasts those six days and Ramadan before that, then it's as if he has fasted the whole of the year. The Shaykh explains here now. المراد بالدهر هنا السنة the full year وذلك لأن الحسن بعشر أمثالها that is because every good deed you do it is multiplied by ten it's mentioned in the sunnah every deed that you do good deed it is multiplied by ten فشهر رمضان عن عشرة أشهر so the month of Ramadan how many days are there? 30, roughly, 29 or 30, 30 days. Every good deed you do, it is multiplied by 10. 10 multiplied by, uh, 30 multiplied by 10, 300. Then, وَالسِّتْ مِنَ الشَّوَالِ عَنِ شَهْرَيْنِ Six days, multiply each day by 10 good deeds, 60. 60 plus 300, 360. How many days in the year? That's it. So the, the multiplications, they end up with a year, roughly a year. That's what it indicates, that the month of Ramadan, every day is multiplied by 10. Every good deed is multiplied by 10. So 30 days, it's as if you fasted 300 days. Then add the 6 days of Shawwal, all of them for 10 each, so that's 60, you end up with 360 days of fasting. That is for the one who finishes Ramadan and then follows it up with 6 days of Shawwal. It's as if you fasted the whole year. That is the great virtue of Shawwal and fasting those six days. فَمَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانُ وَأَتْبَعَهُ سِتًّا مِنْ شَوَالٍ حَصَلَ لَهُ أَجْرًا مَنْ صَامَ سَنَ كُلَّهَا وَهَذَا فَضْلٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So whoever does that, fasts all of Ramadan and finishes it, then does six days, then he will get the reward of having fasted the whole year. And that is a virtue from Allah upon the slaves. وَدَلَّ إِطْلَاقُهُ سَلَّمْ سِتًّا مِنْ شَوَالِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَجُوزَ أَنْ يُسُومَهَا مُتَتَابِعَ أَوْ مُتَفَرِّقَ فِي الشَّهْرِ The hadith says that whoever finishes Ramadan and then fasts six days from Shawwal. It is left general, six days from Shawwal. That indicates therefore upon its generality that you can do those six days consecutively if you want. You can do them consecutively. You do Eid, then maybe you give yourself a couple of days break if you want. Then six days in a row you can do it and you've done it. Six days in a row is allowed. Or if you want, you can do it separately. You do a couple of days, you take a break, you do another day, take a break, another day, and you end up doing six altogether. Whichever way. You can do them consecutively or broken up. And the generality of six days from Shawwal indicates you can do it anytime. After Eid... The very next day, if you want to start and do six days, you can do it. Or if you want to give yourself two weeks break, then in the middle of Shawwal, do six days, you can do that. Or if you want to leave it right up until day number 23, right the last six days of Shawwal, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, right at the end, those last six days, you can do it. It's okay. Whichever way. Anytime. Or if you want to do two at the beginning or three at the beginning, and three right at the end. 
as long as you do six days within Shawwal. In any way. كَمَا يَدُلُّ الْحَدِيثَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ لَمْ يَسُمْ رَمَضَانَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُشْرَعُ لَوْ سِيَامُ سِتْ مِنَ الشَّوَالِ لِأَنَّهُ قَالْ مَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانَ ثُمَّ أَتْبَعُ سِتْ مِنَ الشَّوَالِ So this is what we said before that a person must complete Ramadan first. If you haven't completed Ramadan, you've got days to make up, then you do that first, then you start by doing the six days of Shawwal after that. And the reason for that is because Ramadan is that obligatory or optional fasting? Ramadan is obligatory. Shawwal, those six days, obligatory or optional? Optional. So which has more right? The obligatory, of course. You have to make sure you finish the obligatory first. Then after that, you start with the optional ones. Uh, قالوا بمقتضاه يستحب صيام ست من شوال إلا الإمام مالك رحمه الله فإنه لا يرى صوم ست من شوال يقول خشية أن يظنها الناس من رمضان يريد سد الضريعة لألا يظن الناس أن هذه ست من رمضان ولكن على كل حال الدليل مقدم على الرأي دليل السنة دليل سنة وقول الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم مقدم على قول كل أحد فهذا لا يوافق عليه الإمام مالك رحمه الله واعتذر عنه الإمام ابن عبد البر رحمه الله بأنه لم يبلغه الحديث So this is something which everybody is agreed upon the scholars are agreed upon that you fast the six days of Shawwal except it is narrated from Imam Malik that he used to say you don't do it Imam Malik used to narrate it's narrated from him that he used to say you don't fast the six days of Shawwal because it might become confusing to people. People might think that these six days are obligatory and they are attached to Ramadan. People might think that Ramadan is actually 36 days. That you do 30 and do Eid and then you have to do these six to go with it. So people might get confused about them. He used to say don't do them. But some of the scholars have said, like Al-Imam Ibn Abd al-Bar, he said that maybe it's possible that Imam Malik wasn't aware of this particular hadith. This hadith that says, fast Ramadan, and then after that six days from Shawwal, clear. So Ibn Abd al-Bar, he says maybe that's the reasoning why Imam Malik came to this opinion. He didn't know about this hadith. That's possible. That's possible. Some of the scholars, the imams, doesn't mean that they knew every single hadith in the sunnah. They didn't know every single hadith. So it's possible he didn't know this hadith, and that's why he came to that conclusion. And that can happen. And in this case now, it doesn't matter. We have the evidences, we have the hadith. It's clear, clear cut that you fast the six days, authentic narrations. So even if that is narrated from Imam Malik, then it's not to be accepted in this instance. And like as Imam Ibn Abdul Bar said, in any case, it's possible he never knew about this hadith. He wasn't aware of this particular hadith. And that's why he came to that conclusion. Then, عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من عبد يسوم يوما في سبيل الله إلا بعد الله بذلك اليوم عن وجهه النار سبعين خريفا متفق عليه واللفظ لمسلم إن حديث أبو سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنهما أو رضي الله عنه يسأل ذات the Prophet ﷺ said, There is not a slave, there is no slave who fasts a single day 
in the path of Allah, who fasts a single day for the sake of Allah, except that Allah distances his face from the fire, 70 kharif. There is nobody who fasts a single day for the sake of Allah, except Allah distances his face away from the fire, 70 kharif. And we're going to come to that meaning. So here now, مَا مِنْ عَبْدٍ يَسُومُ صَوْمًا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Here the explanation first, what this actually means. The meaning of Sabilullah is Al-Ghazu Lil-Jihad. Sabilullah in the path of Allah means fighting jihad in the path of Allah. فَإِذَا صَامَ الْغَازِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ اِجْتَمَعَ لَهُ فَضِيلَتَانِ So if somebody who is going out and fighting for the sake of Allah, the true sincere jihad for the sake of Allah to raise the banner of Tawheed, not the takfiris and the khawaris and their likes, the true jihad, then two virtues are upon him. One, the virtue of fighting jihad for the sake of Allah and the path of Allah, for the sake of raising the banner of Tawheed. And secondly, fasting. If he's fasting whilst he's doing that, then two virtues. One, he's fighting the jihad for the sake of Allah, and two, he's fasting on top of that too. So it's as if two types of jihad, he's doing them at the same time. The physical jihad in the path of Allah, and the jihad of himself. The jihad within himself, to be patient upon that fasting. Then when a person does that, it is mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distances his face, takes it away from the fire, 70 kharif. Kharif yani sabi'ina kharifan yani sabi'ina sanatan. 70 years away from the fire. وَهَذَا فَضْلٌ عَظِيمٌ يَدُلُّ عَلَى فَضِيلَةِ الصِّيَامِ فِي الْغَزُبِ So this is a great virtue for the one who can fast whilst at the same time he's already out fighting in the path of Allah. It's difficult to do that. Out fighting jihad and you're fasting at the same time. So the one who can do that, then this is a great virtue which is mentioned. وَلَكِنْ بِشَرْطِ But there's a condition for that. أَنْ لَا يَشُقُّ ذَلِكَ عَلَيْهِ مَشَقَّةً تُضَعِّفُهُ عَنِ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ but it cannot be the case that somebody who's out there fighting jihad for the sake of Allah, if he tries to fast, it's going to make him so weak that he can't even fight the jihad properly, then he's not supposed to fast. Then he's not supposed to do it. But only if he's strong and healthy, and even if he fasts, he can still go out and fight, then it's okay. فَإِن شَقَّ عَلَيْهِ فَإِنَّهُ يَسْتَحَبُّ لَهُ الْإِفْطَارِ if it becomes too difficult for him to do that, whilst he's fighting jihad, then he shouldn't do it. وَإِنَّمَا هَذَا فِي حَقِّ مَنْ يَقْوَى عَلَى الصِّيَامِ وَالْجِهَادِ جَمِيعًا This is only for somebody who can do both of those, can burden both of those at the same time, fighting the jihad and fasting at the same time. وَأَمَّا إِذَا شَقَّ عَلَيْهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُقَدَّمُ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And if it was too difficult for him, then jihad is given the priority. وَلَمْ يُقَيِّدْ سَلَّمْ يَوْمًا مُعَيَّنًا فَفِي أَيِّ يَوْمٍ صَامَ مِنَ الْأَيَّامَ وَهُوَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ حَسَلَتْ لَهُ هَذِي الْفَضِيلَةِ So the Prophet didn't specify any particular day, any day when he goes out in jihad, if he fasts it, then he will get this great virtue of being distanced from the fire, 70 years distance. The next hadith, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, قالت, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَسُومُ حَتَّى نَقُولَ لَا يُفْطِرُ وَيُفْطِرُ حَتَّى نَقُولَ لَا يَسُومُ وَمَا رَأَيْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ اسْتَكْمَلَ صِيَامَ شَهْرٍ قَطُّ إِلَّا رَمَضَانٍ وَمَا رَأَيْتُهُ فِي شَهْرٍ أَكْثَرَ مِنْهُ صِيَامًا فِي شَعْبَانٍ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ وَلَفْظٌ لِمُسْلِمٍ 
In this hadith, Aisha radiallahu anha, she says that sometimes the Prophet ﷺ used to fast so much, we would say that he's never going to open his fast, he's never going to take a day off. And sometimes he used to leave fasting for so long, we used to say that he's never going to fast. And I never saw the Prophet ﷺ finish a full month of fasting except in Ramadan. And I never saw him fasting more in any other month than in Sha'ban, the month prior before Ramadan. So this is another hadith which talks about the supererogatory, the optional fasts. This indicates the hadith where Aisha anha says that sometimes the Prophet used to fast so much, we used to think he's never going to stop it. فَهَذَا فِيهِ أَنَّ مِنْ this indicates that the Prophet ﷺ used to fast optionally a lot. He used to do a lot of optional fasts outside of Ramadan. And he used to do that continuously and a lot, these optional fasts, to the extent that people would think that he's never going to stop that. He's never going to stop, he continues to just fast and fast and fast. وَكَانَ يُفْطِرُ وَيُطِيرُ الْإِفْطَارُ حَتَّى يَظُنُّ الظَّانَ أَنَّهُ لَا يَسُومُ وَذَلِكَ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ بِحَسَبِ مَا يَحْصُلُ لِنَبْسَ سَلَّمْ مِنَ الْفَرَاغِ وَالْإِنْشِغَالِ And sometimes he never used to fast for a long time, optional fasts, to the extent that people would say that maybe he's not going to fast anything. And the Shaykh says, why is that? Why is that sometimes he would fast a lot of these optional fasts? And sometimes the Prophet wouldn't fast that many at all. The Shaykh says that maybe that was in accordance to the circumstances. Sometimes the Prophet ﷺ was extremely busy with the affairs of the da'wah and what was occurring, uh, events that were occurring and different things that were occurring. So when that happened, then he wouldn't be able to fast as much as he would normally do. But when he had more free time, then he would be able to fast extra. فَكَانَ إِذَا حَصَلَ عِنْدَهُ فَرَاغَ فَإِنَّهُ يَسُومُ If he had the free time, then he would fast plentifully. وَإِذَا حَصَلَ عِنْدَهُ إِنْشِغَالَ بِعَمَالِ الْأُمَّةِ فَإِنَّهُ يُفْضِرُ And if he became preoccupied with the affairs of the Ummah, the affairs of the Muslims, if he became preoccupied with their affairs, then he would leave fasting for a time. فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى اعْتِدَالِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم فِي الصِّيَامِ وَفِي الْإِفْتَارِ So this indicates the middle path of the Prophet ﷺ, the medium approach, that sometimes he would fast and sometimes he wouldn't. Not that you become excessive in any way. فِي أَنَّهُ سَأَسَلَّمْ لَا يَسُومُ صِيَامًا مُسْتَمِرًّا طِوَالَ السَّنَةِ وَلَا يُفْتِرُ فِطْرًا مُسْتَمِرًّا وَإِنَّمَا كَانَ يُعَادِلُ سَأَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet ﷺ never used to fast in Ramadan and then leave all of the other 11 months and not fast anything. He never used to do that. And neither did he used to fast all of the other 11 months as well. So end up fasting the whole year. Rather, outside of Ramadan, he would fast some and he would leave some. To be in the middle path. Not to leave all of the other 11 months and not fast anything. Just Ramadan once a year and that's it. And not to do so much that it looks like you're fasting the whole year, not even stopping. So he was in the middle of the Prophet ﷺ. And that's mentioned in another hadith, which is in Bukhari a Muslim, where some people came to Aisha radiallahu anha. And... They said to her, one of them said that I'm going to increase in my worship and devote myself to Allah to a degree that I'm going to fast every day and I'm never going to take a day off. So when the Prophet ﷺ heard about that, 
He said, He said, but I, the messenger of Allah, I don't do that. I fast some days and I take some days off. So it's not befitting for you to say I'm going to fast every single day. That's exaggeration, extremism. Rather be in the middle. Fast one day, miss one day. Fast one day, miss one day. Fast some days, miss some days. That is the best way to do it. Then Aisha radiallahu anha says, وَمَا رَأَيْتُهُ فِي شَهْرٍ أَكْثَرَ سِيَامًا مِنْهُ فِي شَعْبَانٍ That the most the Prophet ever used to fast in any one particular month outside of Ramadan obviously was Sha'ban. تَعْنِي أَنَّهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم كَانَ يُكْثِرُ مِنَ السِّيَامِ فِي شَعْبَانٍ خَاصَةٍ She means that the Prophet ﷺ used to increase the amount of optional fasting in Sha'ban especially. To the extent that he used to fast the majority of it. حَتَّى إِنَّهُ كَانَ يَسُومُ أَغْلَبَهُ And that is why. The Shaykh says, perhaps Allah A'lam, لِأَنَّ شَعْبَانِ يَأْتِ بَعْدَهُ رَمَضَانِ Because after Sha'ban, Ramadan comes next. فَصِيَامُهُ تَطَوُّعًا أو الصيام فيه تَطَوُّعًا بِمَثَابَةِ الرَّاتِبَ قَبْلَ الْفَرِيضَةِ فَكَمَا أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ لَهَا رَاتِبَ قَبْلَهَا وَكَذَلِكَ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ لَهُ رَاتِبَ قَبْلَهُ The Shaykh says that maybe you can think of it like the prayer. You have the obligatory prayer. Fajr for example, or Dhuhr for example, one of the obligatory prayers. Before the obligatory prayer you have the the rawatib, the ratiba prayers, before the actual obligatory prayer. The Shaykh says maybe you could think of it that way. Ramadan is the obligatory act. Prior to that Sha'ban, when you fast in Sha'ban, that's considered like your rawatib. You're doing like your rawatib before you would do the obligatory prayer. So the Shaykh says you could imagine it in that way, that maybe this is one of the reasons why the Prophet used to fast so much in that month. It was like rawatib to the obligatory act of Ramadan. Just like you pray your two and your four, etc. before the obligatory prayers, Fajr, Dhuhr, Maghrib, etc. So that's one of the reasons perhaps. And in fact, Ramadan has a rawatib or a ratiba after it too. Some prayers you have ratib after it too. What's the rawatib after Ramadan? Shawwal, the six days we just mentioned. So the Shaykh says, if you imagine it like the prayer, then there are rawatib before it and there are rawatib after it. So you fast the days in Sha'ban and the six days of Shawwal, just like the prayers, you have rawatib before them and rawatib after them. وَلَهُ رَاتِبَ بَعْدَهُ مِنَ النَّافِلَ مِثْلُ صَلَاةِ الدُّهْرِ لَهَا رَاتِبَ قَبْلَهَا وَلَهَا رَاتِبَ بَعْدَهَا So the Shaykh says, just like Salat al-Dhuhr, you have ratiba before it and ratiba after it, and Ramadan the same way, in Sha'ban you fast and in Shawwal you fast. Then, Aisha radiallahu anha says, وَمَا رَأَيْتُهُ إِسْتَكْمَلَ شَهْرًا فِي الصِّيَامِ إِلَّا رَمَضَانِ فَهَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا يَسُمُّ الشَّهْرِ كُلَّهُ تَطَوُّعًا لِأَلَّا يُشْبِهُ شَهْرَ رَمَضَانِ فَلَا يُصَامُ كَامِلًا مِنَ الْأَشْرِ إِلَّا شَهْرَ رَمَضَانِ هَذَا هَدْيُهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم Aisha رضي الله عنه says that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم never used to fast a full month except Ramadan. So it is not from the guidance of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that you should fast a full month outside of Ramadan. The other 11 months of the year, fast some of the days in them and leave some of the days. The Prophet never used to fast a full month outside of Ramadan. The only full month every day, day in and day out, is Ramadan. The other 11 months, you fast some days in them, you leave some days in them. That is the guidance of the Prophet So that indicates to you the virtue of fasting in Sha'ban also. That the Prophet used to fast a lot in Sha'ban. 
Aisha radiallahu anha says, I never saw him fasting more in any other month than Sha'ban, apart from Ramadan obviously. So that is the virtues of that particular month also. Then we have the hadith of Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu qal, أمرنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن نصوم من الشهر ثلاثة أيام ثلاثة عشرة وأربعة عشرة وخمسة عشرة رواه النسائي والترمذي وصححه ابن حبان In the hadith of Abu Dhar, Abu Dhar He says that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم commanded us to fast three days every month He commanded us to fast three days in every month The thirteenth day, the fourteenth day and the fifteenth day the 13th and the 14th and the 15th. That's not the Christian months, the Gregorian calendar. We're talking about the Islamic calendar. The Islamic calendar, the lunar calendar, the 13th, the 14th and the 15th. So this is another type of optional fasting. The fast, the 13th, 14th and 15th of every month. Just like it's mentioned in this hadith and also actually in the hadith of Abu Huraira. There's another hadith which mentions this, that's in Bukhari and Muslim. In that one, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, أَوْسَانِ خَلِيلِ بِثَلَاثٍ لَا أَدْعَهُنَّ حَتَّى أَمُوتِ سَوْمِ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامٍ مِنْ كُلِّ شَهْرٍ وَصَلَاةِ الضُّحَى وَنَوْمِ عَلَى وِتْرٍ He says that the Prophet ﷺ, my beloved one, informed me about three things, advised me about three things that I should not leave until I die. One of them was, سَوْمُ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامٍ مِنْ كُلِّ شَهْرٍ to fast three days out of every month. So this is another type of optional fasting that you can do. Three, month, three days out of every month. 13th, 14th and 15th. وَأَحَدِيثِ جَاءَتْ فِي هَذَا الْمَعْنَى And there are other hadith which have been mentioned about this. أَنَّهُ سَأَسَلَّمْ أَمَرَ بِسِيَامِ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامِ مِنْ كُلِّ شَهَرِ That the Prophet ﷺ commanded or he mentioned the fasting of three days from every month. وَالْأَفْضَلْ أَنْ تَكُونَ أَيَّامَ الْبِيْذِ And the best time to do it, if you're going to do these three days from every month, is to do them on the days that are known as Ayyam al-Bid, the white days. The white days are the 13th, the 14th and the 15th. Summiyat bi Ayyam al-Bid libyidad liyaliha bil-qamar They have been mentioned as the white nights because that is the time of the month when the moon is full. And so... The nights are white, the brightness of the moon. أيام البيض يعني أيام الليالي البيض التي يظهر القمر في جميع ليلها. So the moon is apparent in the whole of the night in those nights. ولو صام الثلاثة في أول شهر وفي آخره حصل المقصود. But if a person fasted three days outside of 13, 14, 15, any time in the month, the first three days, the last three days, 9, 10, 11, any three days in the month, then he still gets the reward. The reward is still there, the virtue is still there for having fasted three days of the month. But the best time to do it is 13, 14 and 15. That is the best time to do it. وَالْحِكْمَ فِي تَحْدِيلْ هَذِهِ ثَلَاثَ مِنِ الشَّهْرِ لِأَنَّهُ الْحَسَنَ بِعَشْرِ أَمْثَالِهَا فَإِذَا صَامَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامِ مِنِ الشَّهْرِ فَيَكُونُ بِمِثَابَةِ مَنْ صَامَ ثَلَاثِينَ يَوْمًا And again, one of the wisdoms behind that is, every good deed is multiplied by ten rewards. So if you fast three days out of every month, how many rewards are you getting? 30. So it's as if you fasted the whole of the month again. You fast three days in the month and it's as if 
you fasted the whole of the month. Three days, each day is worth 10 rewards, 30 rewards. It's as if you've done 30 days. لِأَنَّ الْحَسَنَ بِعَشْرِ أَمْثَالِهَا كَمَأَنَّ صَلَوَاتَ الْخَمْسَ عَنْ خَمْسِينَ صَلَاةً Just like the five prayers, the reward is 50. There are five prayers, so the reward for them is 50. فَمَنْ حَافَظَ عَلَيْهَا كَانَ كَمَنْ صَلَّ خَمْسِينَ So the person who guards over the five prayers, it's as if he has fasted, it's as if he has prayed 50. صَلَاةٌ فِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَ بِالْمُضَاعَفَ وَالْأَجَرِ وَهَذَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ This is the virtue of Allah, He gives it to whom He pleases. So that is the, uh, another type of optional fasting, which is three days out of every month. And the best time to do it is 13th, 14th and 15th. So that's several different types of optional fasts that we've done so far. Recap them to finish it off. The day of Arafah, the day of Ashura, the day of Arafah which is basically the day before Eid al-Adha. Eid al-Adha, the day before. Yom Arafah, the ninth day of the Hijjah. The day of Ashura, the tenth day of Muharram. But also with that one you do the ninth to oppose the Jews. Also then what? The Mondays. Mondays. And in fact, in one hadith, it's mentioned Thursdays too. Mondays and Thursdays. But hadith, that one there, mentioned Mondays as well. Then, there was also Shawwal. Six days of Shawwal after Ramadan. Also, the three days which are to be done in any part of the month, but it is best to do them in the three middle days. And also, The one about the jihad, whoever is doing jihad and he fasts, there's a virtue for that, 70 years away from the fire. And also, Sha'ban, what we just said, that the Prophet ﷺ used to fast a lot in the month of Sha'ban. So these are all different types of sunnah acts in terms of the fasting that a person is able to do. And inshallah from there we'll carry on next time uh, with some more narrations about Fasting, and in fact, the next selection of a hadith is going to be about the fasts which are not recommended. The fasts which are not recommended. Remember, this chapter was about the optional fasts you can do outside of Ramadan and certain types of days that are not recommended for you to fast. Now, we've done most of the optional ones. What's left now in the next part of the chapter will start next time is the days which are not recommended for you to fast. There are certain days you shouldn't really fast. So that we'll start with next time, inshaAllah.